The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Letterkenny, serving food you'll love till 9pm daily in Sarah's Kitchen. And there's free admission entertainment every weekend. Welcome, welcome one and all to the DL Debate. Thanks so much for tuning in. Good man, Kevin's keeping me right here on the nose. <laughs> Good start there, Kevin boy. Yes, welcome to DL Debate. I'm here with uh, Kevin Fury, as ever, producing and keeping me right, as you've just heard there. Uh, coming up on the show this evening, another pack show, of course, as we round up all the GA in Donegal and across the North West. We're going to discuss, of course, Donegal's victory in the open round of the All-Ireland Series, away to Clare. I'll also be speaking to uh, the minor ladies football manager, Declan McDermott, after his side's impressive victory over Down in the Ulster Championship final, 5-11 to 1-5. Well done to himself, his backroom team and all the girls. We'll, we'll shoot the breeze with him. We'll also hear from minor uh, football manager Luke Bard after his side's defeat in Killy Clogher in the semi-final of the all uh, of the Ulster uh, Minor Football Championship. They give it their all on the day. Just come up uh, short. We'll also hear from GA correspondent Jerry McLaughlin, who has been ranting and raving to me about penalties and how the Ulster final was disgraced. It was decided on penalties. I wonder what your view is on that. 0860 25,000. We're going to start to open up the text debate in the next few weeks if you want to WhatsApp us or text us in on your views on penalties. Myself and Jerry, and of course the man I'm looking at in the studio now, uh, former county great from Dave Connell and Donny Gall, John Gilday. John, welcome to the DL debate. Thanks, Brendan. John, great to have you on. As I say, we're going to get that bit of debate with Jerry. We're going to talk about Donegal football shortly. Just a mention, of course, to your hurlers. Uh, they're in the All-Ireland final now in a couple of weeks' time. Nicky Rackard, they had a shadow box game in Letterkenny at the weekend. We started our top team and went into a huge lead. And uh, I think Wicklow then uh, brought on their team. We took off ours. And uh, listen, I think the, the uh, scoreline was kind of irrelevant in the game. The big one now is the Nicky Rackard in a few weeks' time. I'd encourage you to get up and support the lads that's the hurling now the football I say after a few tight weeks uh, with Donegal in terms of their last couple of league games and getting relegated and the defeat to Ulster we headed to Clare with I suppose not the, not the greatest of hopes uh, certainly that we, we could win the match but where the season was going um, and after a poor first half um, we had 11 shots and goals we only had 3 points 6-3 down it was looking poor, but certainly the boys rallied brilliantly in the second half, John. And it's um, it's a lift that the boys needed. Big players stood up in the day. Yeah, it was it was a nice turnaround, as you said. The first half wasn't wasn't pretty to say the least. Um, and I think you know whatever went on at half time, they came out a transformed team and and really went at it in the second half. I think to the score like was eleven three in the second half, which was a great turnaround. And listen, that can happen in the sense, you know, you go down to Clare, <clears throat> it's a long journey, you're not used to playing them, you don't know their style of play, etc., etc. And obviously they're, they're coming off the back of what would be considered a poor season, so confidence is low. 
and you could see that in the first half there was a lot of mistakes made uh, we owed an awful lot to Sean Patton in that first half he was exceptional from both the kicking standpoint and just a pure goalkeeping standpoint and it could have been much worse at half time but you know they, they rolled the storm and they came out and finished very strong which you know if you just took the second half in its own right you would say a very strong, competent Donegal performance, which was nice to see. Yeah, that save of Patton's against from Sexton, John. You know, it, obviously the team at that stage is still caught in a wee bit of a cloud. You know, and you mm. know yourself, that you know, that, I suppose that that uh, that that world of one, and I suppose that bit of fear in the game is in you. Should we have went you know, five, six points behind? Clare were playing very defensive by and large it could have got very sticky for us so Pat and save absolutely vital and you mentioned the players that stood up you know he was one of them his kick outs you know it was just I was coming back from home uh, some of kick outs you could hear from uh, mm. from Martin McHugh just was like absolutely phenomenal you know literally clipping the fingers of, of Clare midfielders and landed in Donegal hands yeah and I think Clare's tactic early on and, and I was listening and watching at the same time I was listening to Martin and he was asking why Clare weren't pushing up on Patton's kickout and on the three or four occasions they popped up, pushed up on Patton's kickout he like hit 65-70 yard passes directly into, into you know on running men and we kick scores from it so it just shows you how important goalkeeping is and, and, and how important having a keeper with that ability that's able to clip ball long and short but in the second half we had a lot of we had a lot of big performances what we what you know, from men that maybe we didn't have so far, felt they really stood up, um, which is a good thing. You know, uh, Hugh McFadden had a big hour. Um, you know, uh, uh, Kieran Thompson had an exceptional game. And Keelan McGonagall. Keelan McGonagall, yeah. Young Gallon. Yeah. You know, men really, own band. Mm. You know, we we're pushing, and, and that's what you need. You know, when the yeah. chips are down, you need your, your leaders to stand yeah. up. And these these men. We've been looking at them. They've been there, thereabouts. They've been. They've more experience maybe than some of the younger lads that come into the squad. So, you know, my big thing this year was not so much how we started the year because we've lost a lot of leaders. We lost the you know the Lacys and the McGees and the Murphys and you know all that type of stuff. Mm. And then what you're left is with with guys that are good players but have never had to assume that leadership mantle. And that doesn't happen overnight. And I said that months and months ago. It, you know, you develop that and, you, and it's you develop it through necessity. And what we've seen in the second half was that those men stood up, yeah. which was very encouraging. And, and it's, it's no coincidence Jason McGee comes on, John, and starts that revival. And again, you know, it's not to say that you, you can't really have... I suppose leaders have to come maybe from the spine of the team. But like you were, you, you anchored the set there. You know, if you were on your game holding it, you would take the hit, you'd get us out of trouble, you'd, you'd kick pass up the pitch. Like people, it has to be those central players that kind of do that, you know. And uh, players with experience, you know, that not obviously everybody in their shape comes in and out. But by and large, a lot of them boys you're talking about will operate in the middle. So it's them that's in, in giving the defensive shape, and then it's them that's in the kick out, or it's them then that's breaking forward. And they're in them areas where then they can allow the release to uh, Jamie Brennan or an Ocean Gallon, you know, and and on top of that as well, I suppose, Sexton, which was their main man, you know, Brendan McCool, you know, I've been watching this year, I, I thought Johnny had really stepped up as a player the previous season, and I know it was a tough year for Donegal, it was fantastic to see him, because he was isolated a lot in this game, and, you know, every team has always won outstanding, in particular, Marksman, you look at it the next day, it's going to be Shane McGuigan, so it was very important to see that, uh, yeah. So that's another man that's that's become you know a pivotal kind of central player that leader type game. Yeah, and he has a you know he has that dogged trait that you need to be playing in the full back line. Like it's it's not the most glamorous place in the world. You, you know you're constantly trying to to stop you know players from playing. And 
as you said, he's very exposed. He, you know, if he had been playing for Donegal maybe seven, eight years ago, he w- he wouldn't get the same type of exposure that he's getting right now because, you know, structurally there was there was much more support from the middle of the park, the half back line, half forward line, etc. So there was a lot of one on ones, particularly in the first half, and that's when we really struggled. Like he was given a torrid time in that first half, and we we you know we the game changed in the sense that we had much more of the ball in the second half, so therefore there wasn't as much ball in the in the clear half. Plus, as well as that, structurally we set up. You know, more sound. We got back a little bit quicker. There was more energy. They just the whole thing lifted. Mm-hmm. And I, I suppose there's days things don't go well for you. You cannot kick the points, and you know, you know, you won't catch the high ball. But when you bring that level of energy that was lacking in the first half, that was there in the second half, you're in the hunt all the time. And there's times throughout this year that we've, you know, we've had a bit of energy. And then there's other times we look very lacklustered, and then what happens is the crowd get on your back, and you're, you know the, you're not trying or whatever. Even though you may be trying, it just doesn't look the part. But in that second half, the, the intensity level went right up, and that's what I liked about it. They're, like their backs were to the wall, they're down in Clare. We've had a terrible six or seven months, all shapes and so everything that could go wrong has gone wrong, and it showed a lot of heart and a lot of grit mm. and a lot of leadership to go. No, this is not going to happen today, and that's what happened in that second half. And we had big performance with five or six of our main men, mm. and we dragged everybody else with us. So it was very, very encouraging. Yeah, it's interesting. You, you, you talk about obviously we had one competitive game now in, in eight weeks. You know, if you look at it that way, we beat Vermont and Westmeath in challenge games, and you're, you're wondering then about Clare. Like you're looking at Clare versus Down. Obviously, Down very unlucky not to go up. Um, Clare got relegated. You know, got in there, but they're obviously playing regular there. So, was that first half performance maybe part to do with the confidence being low, but part to do with being, we hadn't been playing one game in eight weeks? I mean, would you explain about that in the first half that we maybe just kind of found a rhythm a bit in the second half as well? And if we had had that first half, then we could have really hammered Claire, you know? Yeah, but I think mostly comes down to just a state of mind and confidence. Like, it's very hard to go down, declare, not know what you're expecting. And have all this negative negative baggage coming with you. Like it, it just weighs on you, no matter who or how confident of an individual you are. It just wears you down, both from an individual perspective, but then also from a team perspective. And you just don't know what to expect. And we got in at half time, luckily three points down, realistically. And then it was a case, well, do we roll over here now and go back with our tail between our legs and getting beat by Claire? down in Clare which would have let's not make any mistake about what would have been an absolute disaster Mm. or do we knuckle down and not let this happen and show what we're made of and thankfully the latter of that was through and and it was as I said it was very encouraging I was delighted for the players themselves because you know and I know having been there they have they're not putting in any less effort than they did five years ago or ten years ago when we were one in all Ireland the effort is exactly the same and maybe even more so the sacrifice is exactly the same and I know we can be very critical in players. You know, oh, we're you know we're not one in this and we're not one in that. And that comes from the fact that legacy issues that we won a lot over the last ten years. But they've sacrificed their lives. They're training five, six, seven days a week. They're travelling the country to play games, and you know, having that bit of positivity right now, given the fact that they've beaten Clare, is probably the reward that the for the work that they've put in over the last yeah, eight weeks. Yeah. And from that perspective, it's good for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And listen, we had five debutants as well in that down game. And these lads are coming through now. So, you know, you're playing for Donegal. 
we've had a bit of a low point. We still got to back them and support them. And I have to say, well done the management as well for whatever. Maybe he said at half time, John made it a big part of playing. And after the match, we caught up with uh, Paddy Bradley, who's a coach with the Donegal team. Here's what he had to say. Paddy Bradley, good second half performance today. How do you sum up that one to start the championship, the All Ireland series with Victor? Ah, just delighted to get the result because we've obviously been on a on a bad run the last while. Um, but look, after the down game, the boys returned to train and the and the Wednesday night a convoy and put the head down and and worked really hard and that's a reward for that. Um, I think we we're probably in a sticky enough place uh, at half time. But to be fair, nobody had the head down. We knew we had plenty of possession and we had created enough chances, but we maybe just were shooting from the wrong areas and maybe the wrong boys in the ball. So we talked about composure at half time and I think we showed a lot of that. You know, the likes of Kieran Thompson, Jamie Brennan, uh, but Keelan McGonagall, Luke McLean come on, get a score. Oshin Farrell stepped up there. So just delighted for the boys and delighted to get the campaign off with yeah. them. And I suppose when you're playing games like this, you need your men, you need your shooters on the ball and, and Oshin and Kieran particularly stepped up to that challenge in the second half. I will look, just, and then two men in general like Oshin's obviously had a hard time with injuries and we've tried to manage that and he hasn't played much football um, it was probably a bit rusty again in the first half snapped at a few chances Kieran himself missed pre-season and whatnot with an injury but you know the more he trains and, and the more game time he gets he's certainly you know looked like the Kieran Thompson of old so aye there's, there's serious leadership within the group and that might sound funny given the bad run we're on but you know a hell of a lot of them boys carried injuries into the season and, and missed pre-season and have missed different parts with different niggles and that so it's great to have them leaders in the field like even from Sean Patton and goals who I thought was immense today obviously the big save we had uh, the first half kept us in the game uh, I think he was involved in two of the points in the first half as well uh, and look uh, and his kicking then towards yeah. them was fantastic yeah. Claire obviously gave up a lot of kickouts uh, and he was finally chipping away which was as easy to Sean but whenever we were trying to force the issue he went along with two or three and you know, found the target every time and more like the, the Sean Patton we know they started to panic when they were pushing up and they knew that the long kick was going to cause them problems but they also said that was Donegal never panicked in that second half when, and when you hit the front just control the game so we used it aye and you know it's funny because it's nearly as if we were in that position loads of times this season whenever we haven't been but look you know the, the confidence and the tune has been excellent like that's one thing I'd say about these boys they're, they're a very resilient bunch uh, and they're very very disappointed about obviously the National League and about the down game but it doesn't deter them from, from coming to training every night and, and just giving their best they've serious uh, the serious belief in what they're about and you know they've serious hunger and the desire to do well for Donegal and I say I'm just delighted that all the hard work sort of paid off today but look it's only 1-1 you know the group's going to be tight all the groups are going to be tight we have to go and try and back it up against Derry that's going to be a new challenge Derry obviously are going off the back of a, of a second Ulster title they're, they're going to be buoyant but we have them in Bally Buffet which they have a pretty good record and so look we've two weeks to, to work on that so um, I'd say just we'll enjoy it tonight Will you have many players back from injury for that Derry game or is it going to come too soon I'm looking at a man just over your shoulder here Patrick McBerty what's what's the story with the personnel you're injured Well Patrick's very far on in terms of you know the, the rehab is uh, at the final stages whether or not it be in contention for the Derry game I don't know um, obviously with the nature of the injury he had having you know obviously an operation if they take medical advice in that he's ramping up his, his rehab every week Derry game might be a wee bit too soon but if not Derry would hope to see him probably against Mullen for some game time but look again we has, he hasn't even integrated into full training yet so, so we'll have to see how that goes the likes of Jason McGee obviously come on today and get, get a half there which is obviously a big bonus it was important in the second half it was and I thought he, he, he had hands on a lot of ball and made really really good decisions um, he's going to be important to the team 
team. So I, um, you know, Luke McLean, even you know, under twenties, we obviously missed a wee bit of our campaign because he was involved in the twenties. He's been in and out of our training. Uh, I thought he he was excellent. Whenever he went on and kicked a lovely score too. So I looked. The, the panel's getting stronger. We obviously know the, the men that were missing long term, and it's disappointing. But you know, we can't dwell on that. We have to try and move forward. And I thought, as I say, the boys done that today. Can I just ask you one final question? You're going to go into the dairy game, obviously as underdogs, but there's no pressure on Donegal in this championship. So not to, would you agree with that? That maybe the pre- more pressure might be on Derry going into the game. Ah, well, I suppose Derry will have to, you know, to care to care him on him first. Uh, see how that goes. They're obviously favourites to win the group. They're coming off the back of two years of, of serious progression. Um, they're a top quality side. You seen that last week. Uh, I was actually commentating on that game down there, and even whenever they weren't at the best, they were still fighting one an Ulster title. So that just shows you how strong they are. It's going to be a difficult challenge, but look. Generally, there's never much between Derry and Donegal, even back as far as days whenever I was playing. So, look, we'll prepare accordingly. Um, we'll look at Derry, we'll look at the strengths, we'll look at where we can maybe hurt them. And you know, we're really looking forward to two weeks because we're obviously we're buoyant after that uh, victory of the day. What's it going to be like for a Derry man going up against his own county? I suppose, hey, look, I suppose whenever you take on the job of even managing a different club or a different, you know, there's the possibility that you will come across you know your own club or your own county. And uh, it's part and parcel of management. Um, my hat's firmly in the Donegal camp, and I'm, I'm really looking forward. Already, you know, preparing the team in the next two weeks to put our best foot forward against Derry. Yeah, putting the best foot forward. Let's hope so, John. Always a difficult one. Uh, you're going in against your home county. I, I think when you when you finish playing again, if you're going to get into coaching, these things are going to come up. You're just going to prepare the team. I remember McGaver years ago, actually, when we ended up playing Derry in the championship and the son was playing. Do you remember when somebody read an article about it? And I remember he came up and this big rant before training or after training he says first man hits my shot but to him for the light I'll shake his hand as if they say hmm. what he's going clobber them and that you know that's what I'm trying to do I, I didn't think there was any need for that he was a small enough wee buck if you remember him half back but yeah listen you're just going to do, do your job John do, do we need to give the boys a bit of credit uh, for, for that performance in terms of uh, how we played against Clare and, can, and listen can, can we hope for anything against Derry in reality well, listen, we won the game and, you know, the second half, you have to give them some credit. I don't know what went on in the dressing room or how much involvement they had or whatever, um, you know, or what exactly happened. I suppose they're kind of in a hiding to nothing in the sense that, you know, they're, they're Paddy Carr's backroom team and there's, you know, that whole issue should the stage, should they've gone. And then you have a whole kind of a thing out there right now that they're not Donegal men and maybe we need a Donegal man in there and there's all sorts of stuff and they're kind of kind of stuck in this nowhere land where they're in charge but it's kind of people see it as a very temporary type fix mm. so it's a difficult one for them like and they're two good lads like you know you like you know yourself um, and good GA men you know so it's, it's tough for them all they can do is prepare as best they can and, and as a football county we are where we are like nobody's under any illusion at this stage that you know you know, uh, to say that if we won the Ireland would be considered a bit of a shock. <laughs> you know, might be an understatement. Yeah. You know, in reality, are um, are, are Derry all Ireland contenders? <clears throat> no, definitely not. No, there's nobody in Ulster within, you know, a donkey's roar of an All Ireland. That's you know, interesting. Yeah, sorry, that, sorry, Derry listeners, there. <laughs> You've been yeah. shot shot down. Listen, I know I get it's a stretch, John, but you know they have got a lot of the ingredients that. I don't think any of the top teams that would play would certainly think it's a foregone conclusion to beat them. I know what you're saying, it's a long, long stretch. They're certainly the best team in Ulster. But you think when it comes to Crow Park that they're, that's not going to work for them? And listen, I, I could be proven to be wrong. Like, there's no. I suppose what we've seen from the weekend with Mayo turning over Kerry, like nobody's really been tested out there. We, we didn't know what Kerry were like up until now. We don't know what Dublin are like. 
Tyrone are hanging around in there. You know, they played Galway. They had a man sent off early. Didn't really yeah. get a look at them. Galway, again, how good are they? So there's no there's no team you'd look at right now and say, absolutely, this is the team that's favoured for All-Ireland. So therefore, Derry have as good a chance as anybody else. Yeah. But I just, I just don't think Ulster football is at a standard right now if maybe it was 10 years ago where the Ulster champions or yeah. you know anybody yeah. were, would definitely be in the, in the mix and then Tyrone proved me wrong a couple of years ago and they came out of the blue and they won all Ireland that maybe they didn't even expect to win themselves yeah. so you can't write anything off but judging from that Ulster final and judging from the calibre of football that's been played elsewhere will they make it difficult for teams? Absolutely I still think they're, they're missing one or two marquee players and if you shut down one or two of the big dairy players, then they become very limited. And, you know, that's my opinion. Whether yeah. it's right or wrong, I don't know. Yeah, they, listen, they are working on it, John. I think their squad's <coughs> improved this, you know, particularly McAvoy at full back. And even, you know, like uh, Lockton Murray and these boys are coming on. McGuigan has is, is got better and better. Mm-hmm. You know, and he, he is just an, an unbelievable talent. Um, yeah, they seem a small bit limited going forward, but there seems to be a backup of scores from, from Reigns that they have as well. Listen, their game is very much contained and had. Now, they have opened up the Way they, they, they push players up in the forward lane, the four players going inside, going into the end lane. And last year it was just wide they were trying. Now they are trying uh, different things. But but you're right, as yet, John, that, that tag to get Crow Park has come up short. You know, and, and whether now they have enough to come through, but certainly what I've seen from their minors the last day, you know, the county is certainly also on an, an up, upward curve. You know, yeah. it's hard to believe, John, looking at it now, and that's why, you know, how, how far it went when you look where it's at now. You know, between their schools and their strong clubs. The fact that Derry could go to Division 4, I mean, it's probably one of the craziest things, uh, stories we've seen in their time in football, that they could fall that far. Yeah, I think there was a lot of kind of internal wranglings and politics and clubs weren't pulling with one another and, you know, men <coughs> were playing for the clubs and that was more important than playing for the county, etc. So, and, and listen, the slip can happen very easy, you know, just, you know, I remember when I started, like, Derry were the team, you know, to beat Derry, you were there, thereabouts, and then they kind of fell off and they drifted from there. And like it's hard to believe the last Ulster title, the one was ninety eight before last year. Like you know, but if you look at Armagh, Armagh haven't won a county or an Ulster title in fifteen years. And like you and I were fed up looking <laughs> at Armagh. Like every time we turned around, we were getting bit by Armagh. Tyvon, Tyvon you know, so a, you know, it swings thing. and roundabouts. And yeah. you know, like I hope we don't go into. The, not that I suspect we'll go to Division Four. That's not what I'm yeah. insinuating. But again, every county has this wave where you're, you're you're flying for a certain period of time. We've we've had an amazing 10, 12 years. Like, nobody could deny it. We've never seen it before. Yeah. And who's to say we'll ever see it again? Yeah. And then, unfortunately, what happens is the next crop, you're judged by that success, which is never a good yardstick to be judged against. Yeah, yeah. Well, said at the top of the show, uh, Derry won that final <coughs> on penalties, uh, John, and uh, we've got a text in from a, a John D here, Bunkrana, saying spot kicks a joke, soccer element, uh, no, no need to finish a game like that. Uh, Jerry McLaughlin is on the line here. Jerry wasn't impressed with uh, this uh, finish of the match. The fact that our, our our premier competition here in Ulster was finished on penalties. Uh, Jerry, what's your what's your views on it, Jerry, and and uh, and and what you made of that Ulster final finish? Yeah, well, it's what they perceive. Listen to me now. I think some of my colleagues are kind of going against me, but I think they're kind of winding me up. What? <laughs> at this it's not it's funny an old man said to me a man in his 70s actually and he would have been at every Ulster final maybe for the last 50 years and I was chatting up last week and he says and he's just telling me he's just saying we're looking at it was a kind of logic he says Derry didn't win the Ulster Championship they didn't he says it was a draw the one that uh, they shoot at 
And you know, when you think about it, there's a certain logic in that too. But I think the, the really important thing, Brendan, about this particular Ulster Championship was there was no reason in the wide world why there couldn't have been a replay because, I mean, just think the crowd that you would have been through this yesterday in a week to get their boost together. So they could have played the game yesterday before a crowd and made a lot of money. So, Brendan, I just don't see the logic in that. I think yeah. it's a kind of a, it's an unholy, an unholy um, rush. And I don't forget it. We're in under cover of COVID. COVID is not as big an issue now. You know, you know they talk about going down season. I get that. But the GA well, should be creative enough to make sure that, that our premier, that premier match like the Ulster, Ulster final is not disrespected like that. Yeah, but do you suppose if you have a rule, regardless of the time frame of that game, that's not going to always be available. So there has to be something to finish it. Uh, John Gilday's in studio here with me too. Uh, Jerry, he, uh, you're a fan of the Penos, John, are you? Yeah, listen, I understand the logic, you know, it's from a traditionalist point of view. But, like, the game has changed so much, the rules have changed so much in multiple different facets over the years, some for the better and some for the worse. But what I do think is, ultimately, GA, like all sports, is about entertainment and it's about drama. And that's a big, big part of it. And, unfortunately, a lot of the games you go to right now don't offer you any entertainment or any drama in any way, shape or form. And that's just where we are right now. But, it, you know, it was an, an absorbing encounter. Standard football wasn't great at times, and, you know, it could have gone anyway. But I thought that the penalties then brought us, like, a huge kind of climactic end to what was an absorbing, contra- you know, contest. Mm-hmm. So, personally, I'm a fan of it. I think hitting the penalties is a skill in the game. It's part of our rules. It's not like we just adopted something. I know that that is a soccer thing. We hit penalties in games. We've always had penalties in games. And... Ultimately, as you rightly pointed out, okay, there might have been room, Jerry, this time around to play a replay. But there's so many games right now that are being played. You know, if Derry had played the replay and they would have been playing this Saturday, then they're playing next Saturday, they're playing the foreign Saturday. Like, it, it just doesn't make sense. And ultimately, in big, big games, okay, you think, it, it, okay, it would be nice to have a replay. Wouldn't it be great to fill out Clonus again? It would have been wonderful. But you can't have one rule for one specific game and then not have rules for other game and look at the overall context of the championship. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I think penalties make sense. Jerry, what do you think of that? The drama and yeah. the excitement, the penalties, no, you know, no. giving, us, giving us something interesting no, at the end no. of the game? No, no. no I, 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 part of what John says, I would take, but no, I, I, I don't agree with that about the drama. I call it melodrama. <laughs> and I'm very surprised that Armagh, Armagh have lost two major matches on fickle thing like that. I'm surprised they're not up in arms. John was talking you can't have different rules at different times. But there have been different rules at different times, John. The GA have been making the suckers to go along. Some counties, you have a county final of a replay. Other counties, you don't. Must finish on the day. But John, if it, if it must finish on the day, and if you have no other option, this would be my suggestion, would be that you would play not one uh, period of extra time, but two periods of extra time, and then... Uh, the next day, they have a golden, a golden score, and that would decide it. If you have to, a golden but score like the World Cup um, used to be in the golden gold. You'd have a golden score. A golden score is an option, is it? Yeah, that, I, again, that be, yeah. I, but but I th- listen, that's a great idea in theory. But we live in an environment where you know player welfare is hugely important. <clears throat> There's a huge workload in players that it is. You look at the end of an Ulster final. You've played a very physical battle, Armand Tyrone. You go into two periods of extra time 
and then at that stage you have men dropping with cramp there's all sorts of long term you know recovery issues with that and then you ask them to play another period in extra time and then golden goal like it's like you know do you, it's like when we're schoolboys do you keep playing until the lights go out and then it's the next score type thing so there ha- like there's no like I accept from a traditional point of view yes you know we should go to the replay that's the way it was that's the way it was when it was knockout football you had one game if a draw you went to, but but the, the whole tournament has taken on mushroomed into this kind of mm. version that nobody recognises anymore and because somebody said you know there's no groups of death anymore it's groups of life so th- the championship has spiralled out of control and because the GAA have allowed the championship to spiral and for me it diminishes the championship because yeah. there's so many chances now to, yeah. to lose yeah. and John should be kind of easy as well yeah yeah listen Talk about spending another control. Kevin's looking at me. I'm way past our ad break. Jerry, thanks for bringing up that subject. We'll talk this out again. We have to take a quick break. And after that, we're going to speak to Declan McDermott, the minor ladies manager. The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Letterkenny. Serving food you'll love till 9pm daily in Sarah's Kitchen. And there's free admission entertainment every weekend. Yes, welcome back to the show. We say at the weekend we we gained some silverware in the form of the Ulster Lady Minor Championship, and now I'm joined by their manager Declan McDermott. Declan, how are you, sir? Hi, Ben. Hi, thanks. Good. All good. Th- thanks very much for joining us, Declan, and, and very well done to you and and your your backroom team and all the girls there. Phenomenal, phenomenal uh, uh, end to the, this first part of the season. I know it's a long time now before you'll you'll take up the next uh, game, Dick. So so time to enjoy and and really look back at a at a brilliant season so far. Oh yeah, yeah, brilliant. Um, Saturday was absolutely brilliant. Um, the girls really the best performance of the year so far. They've worked really hard since. The first of April when we played down the first game, and then since that they just picked up the mantle and they really, really worked hard. So um, the victory on Saturday was brilliant, but I think the performance overall was even outstanding. Like from every girl, no way twenty girls got to play, but every girl training's been putting the effort in, and I showed on Saturday what we've been working on training and they've delivered. So which is good to see, good for the county, give a good lift. Brilliant. Tell me this, obviously you've been involved with these girls now for four seasons, is it? I love to hear these stories that you, yeah. you, you, you I suppose you, you know them so well now, their strengths, their weaknesses, their group, you know, you've a great management team in there behind you as well, so, you know, great to have that success and that that bond with, with these young girls, because Donegal, you know, seniors are in a bit of a, a, a state of rebuild now, so, listen, phenomenal for these girls to be coming through, having Ulster titles behind them. Exactly, yeah. Like um, Liam Skelly got involved about four years ago. They're scared. They're under 14s and they've all evolved since then. You know, we've worked under 14 level, under 16 with them. They won the C Championship in under 16 level three years ago. And then last year, under 16 as well, they won the B. So this group of girls have came through, right through the ranks, and now they've hit minor level. I know this is the next batch of girls, hopefully, to keep going to senior level, which is fantastic to see. And give the county a whole lift the way they've been working hard over the years, and like you say, we've bonded with them, and every one of them have just matured so well and give everything for the cause for the jersey. So it's brilliant to see yeah. the places, you know, um, everything's in place for the girls to really bring Donegal back to the top table again at all levels, and it's 
working well for us. Yeah, yeah, phenomenal stuff. And Liam, Liam Skelly, that's a be quiet man that lives down beside you. Never has too much to say. Is that the same? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's <laughs> he, the same boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's a good lad. I know, I know Liam quite well. Hey, you've you've a great backroom team in behind you as well, uh, uh, helping out there. I mean, it's a huge operation. You know, every every county team and people probably don't realise the amount of people that's got involved. You've some very experienced uh, people in the background as well, uh, uh, helping you out there. Oh yeah, yeah. Like you know, when I applied for the job, started off with myself and Barry Dowd, and then when people got to know what we were doing, and asked a few people, and um, Tony Boy came on board, Barney Kern, Sean Boyce, and um, we got Dermot Gunnan on as well, got to help a wee bit of fitness work with the girls. So that was just need to be added into, which was worked over the winter time. It, it really helped us. And then Gabriel Geller and Sharon Neeson, then as a the female members of the team, which was great buzz for the girls as well some other figures in there so it's great to have the experience of, like Tony has and all the lads as well like you know and, and the girls really got on with everybody even Saturday you can see the, the ball between the management and the players that's really really strong yeah, great, great memories. Of course, that's my hero. You're talking about Tony Boyle here. I'm sitting looking across at John yeah. Day. He was a hero to a lot of people as well. Uh, surely, surely. Listen, ph- phenomenal stuff. You, you haven't got a game now to mid-July, um, so you have to just keep the keep the gears taking over a few challenge games. Is it um, in the meantime, Declan? Yeah, yeah. Um, we don't know. The 19th of July, we play the winners of the Connacht Championship, which is not <clears throat> finished yet. Um, but with the girls and exams, we've given them a couple of weeks off. Just recharge the batteries, like I say, they've put a phenomenal effort the last six weeks, so we decided and after Saturday we'll give them two weeks rest. And there's guaranteed leaving search, so that comes their priority now. And then mid-June we'll pick it up again and give a good six-week block before we hit the All-Ireland semi-final. But like I say, we're lining up friendlies as we speak. A few calls out with like the Monon and all, who won as well the weekend, so... Mm. It'll be friendlies and back to training. A couple of, a couple of, a couple of spying missions down to Connacht as well then for yourself? I would say we'll have to like reach up then, all right. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> That'll have to be a must, you know. Yeah, yeah. But then hopefully you know, Maxie might take a few into the senior squad too just to help them take over as well, you know. So that's part of the plans as well to keep yeah. everything rolling over, yeah. you know. Listen, Edek, listen, on behalf of us all here, fair play, well done to yourself, the, the team and, and the girls there, phenomenal stuff at the weekend and I want to wish you all the best in the in the game in July. Lovely, thanks very much, Ben. Cheers, good man. Cheers, Edek. Cheers, Thank you, Thank you. Good luck. Bye-bye. Thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye. Fair play to him and all the girls. As say, bring him back a bit of silverware. We need good news stories in the, in the GA, and that's certainly one of them. Our minor lads, I say, I was up in Oma in, in Killy Clahers, Pites and Saturday. Great setup uh, there. Uh, we had a certain uh, tactical attack at this very talented dairy team. And Luke Barr, I caught up with after the game. He'll explain that. You'll catch it on in this interview. Uh, look, the end of the road, but the lads give it their all in that second half. It was a very spirited performance, but just coming up short. Aye, I'm really disappointed, Brendan. Um, you know, we spoke all week about bringing it to the last 15 minutes, keep staying in the game, staying in the fight, and they did that. Um, we probably had more chances in the second half to win two games. Um, Fortunate times we got inside the 20 metre line and we didn't take a chance. We had two clear goal chances. Um, when you don't take them at that level against the quality of opposition like Derry, um, they're going to beat you and they're going to punish you. And I felt, albeit the scoreline 9 5 didn't reflect the game, it was much tighter than that there. And you know, for long periods of the second half, we completely dominated, but we just didn't um, 
than particular chances at the time. Yeah, yeah. And and you, you talked about the last 15 minutes. It looked like in that first half we were very much set up to really take Derry in the second half. We were really, really contained. And we never really came into the match in the second half. Maybe that it was like a completely different Dutty goal team. Is that the tactics for the day? Ah, well, look, we, we, if you look at the Derry performance over the last couple of weeks, the games have been over at half time, even our own game, 263 points. So, you know, listen, 50% of the games without the ball. And, like, you know, you can, people can say what they want about it the game's never going to go back the way it's always going to be that evolution I thought we defended unbelievably the skill of defending and collective defending today was unbelievable I think they got the Seder 20 metre line for the first time in the 64th minute you know when we were pressing the ball um, and then the second half then listen, we dominated we pressed high up in the kickouts the kickouts and um we still got into the game and we were we dominated the game for long, long spells that second half, but again, we just didn't take our chances. Yeah, and last week you sent on Danny Brown. He came up with a magic two points. He did it again today, and it felt not only his two points, the whole team seemed to lift off the back of that. We were back to 6 4, and we were asking a lot of questions, and it felt really, uh, look, the, the ball off the post for McCall. We had two players against one. If that had fallen to one of our guys, we'd go a point up, and then we're in control of the game. Yeah, look, even the very first, I think, was the very first attack of the second half. We got inside the 20 and we should have buried that as well. Um, just, as I said, it's very difficult when you see that there, that every kind of ball is kind of breaking toward for them. And I think from that there, Jack, Jack Higgerty actually got sent off from that, that same play as well. So talk about a really bad, a really poor play, you know, or, you know, just unfortunate play. But um, as we had loads of chances, we were taking, you know, we got inside, we were taking chances, we had a couple of 45s, just, just didn't take our chance again. You know? Yeah, and Miguel Vigia, of course, had two some ones against Monaghan and you're thinking now's the time you know because if we get back with the points you know, you're really putting the pressure on Derry and as you said even with Higgerty sending off we still were asking all the questions of Derry so you know even though Derry pulled away as you said the scoreline didn't really reflect that second half look but you must be mighty pr- proud of the lads the effort they put in all season yeah unbelievably proud Brendan um, listen we've um We've given everything we have, you know, we've we've prepared the team as best to our possible ability and then they can see that as well. And listen, today is obviously going to be a disappointing day for them. They have loads of days left in Donegal jersey, hopefully. Um, and then most of them will hope to follow them. We'll hopefully go and have really good club careers as well. And that's the word development squad and we hope that we, we brought high standards to them. We, we taught them how to how to train, how to prepare at a really high level and, um, you know, that's all we can do. And like obviously today, if, if they learn from it, you know, it'll be positive for Donegal football going forward into the 20s, you know, hopefully. Hopefully, you know, it's a good group of them under 17 again next year as well. So they have that experience as well and hopefully they carry that hurt. Yeah, well done to the lads. John, we had a, we had a plan in that game. You heard Luke there talking about it. You know, very, very negative. Uh, you're playing a team that has unbelievable talent. So what do you do? You set up to hit them in the second half. You know, you'd have to say, what do you do? I mean, he's making no excuses for that. It almost worked. We had to get that goal and it was couple of goal chances in that second half when we were particularly we were two behind and we were playing really well and and Derry just had that talent but we had them rocked you know but you're playing against the top side that's what what do you do there John you have to sacrifice the game for the win yeah no listen I think you got it spot on like you know Derry are favourites to win the Ireland um, not just Ulster like they're really top class side and talented all over the park you know and, and if you're looking at maybe pound for pound they're a better side than Donegal right now at that level that age group so you know I, th- I thought he did a, a really good job tactically he looked at where we were he looked at where they were you know up until the last 10 minutes of the game we were with a kick of the ball so you, you know at the start of the game if you had said to him listen 10 minutes to go you're going to be there thereabouts then tactically they got it spot on all you need is a lucky goal and the whole game changes and you're having a different conversation this evening so you know, I know it's it's negative, but it's a results business. And 
he got us so so close yeah. to that very very good dairy side and it didn't quite come off yeah. but you know you got to cut your cloth accordingly yeah I, I, I look at them John you know there's there's something over bigger than uh, not bigger there's, there's a part I suppose I'd say to the one in is the progression of the lads you know because there's group phase and that there there's plenty of games so you know the work that Luke and Brendan and uh, Ryan McGlone and them are in there the work that they're doing in terms of uh, bringing the players through that's important as well that the that the, the coaching element of you're improving lads you know and even though you come up a bit short against Derry you know the lads are, are better players and are going to be better players for that experience like that's important too it shouldn't be just parked aside we lost the semi-final and that's it yeah no and they had a very good league campaign and you know he did he did rotate through a squad and there was some really really good days out you know so from their perspective it was probably you know without without ultimately winning an Ulster title it was a very very positive campaign and you know, I do. He runs a really good ship. He's he's you know I think he's the right age demographic. He, you know, he can relate to those younger lads. He comes across really really well, and the management team you know has a lot of experience there. So every one of those lads will benefit, and it'll actually help them. As he rightly pointed out, it'll help them go back to their clubs, but it'll also give those boys an appetite to go on to bigger and better things. So you have the under twenty championship. You know, next year a lot of those guys will come through, and then ultimately what you want to see in any minor squad is within the next three or four years, maybe two or three or four will drift into your county senior setup and you have that conveyor belt. And that's the ultimate goal because obviously that's where everybody wants to end up. You want to end up playing with your with your senior county team. So from that perspective, it was a, it was a good campaign. There's a lot of good players there. Um, but ultimately, what you, at that level, you, you come up against an exceptional dairy side. Mm. And they are an exceptional dairy side. They're, 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 like they're really, really, really high-end. So he, ha- he had to do what he had to do, and it just didn't quite work out. They conveyor belt the schools in there, not too Ah, yeah, that, at that age group, they're very, like Tyrone, yeah. there just seems to be this constant conveyor belt with the, the McCrory Cups and everything yes. else that's gone through. Yes. There's a culture there of underage success, yeah. Yeah. that even when the Derry senior team wasn't going well, yeah. the Derry underage teams were going that's well. That's right, that's right. Um, certainly, interesting what you say about Luke Barrett there, um, you know, about what, how you how you judge him, he does seem shrewd. You know, he seems like a good good manager, very very together. If we're looking at the future uh, of Donegal football, would you put him in the category of potential senior manager? Is it is it too soon for him now? Or where where do you, where do you think? I mean, we're looking at options here. I mean, from last year, for example, there was not many people were putting their hands up. You know. I mean, we had the situation of, of the potential they see Kavanagh, maybe McGillis in the background. And then, you know, a lot of people give off about the process and that it was drawn out and all that. But, but, but there wasn't a lot of people looking for them. And I'm looking at, you know, up and coming managers in the county. You know, I think a lot of people would like a Donegal manager coming in. Would, would he be in your uh, possibilities? I think it might be a bit soon for him in the sense that there's a huge difference in managing 17 and 18 year old lung yards versus managing grown men. With all their associated egos and problems, you and never had an ego. Everybody who plays county <laughs> football has an ego, some capacity. Because unless you go out there thinking that you're as good as what's beside you or better, then you're yeah, you're, yeah. you're in the back foot. You know the way it works. Yeah. So and, and plus all that baggage that comes with it, like people have home lives and work lives and all that. So it's I like the way he manages. I, I genuinely like the way he, that he articulates himself and speaks. And I think he comes across very assured and very competent, and very together. Uh, you know, I'd like to see him maybe 
involved with maybe the next manager, the manager out there, so he can get a feel for the setup. Yeah. But he definitely has a lot of potential. Like, like he yeah. comes across as really assured and confident, and you know he knows his football. And he's obviously, I would imagine, if you talk to those young fellas, they have a lot of time for him as well. So uh, he definitely has real potential. Do you think it, it may be more a thing we've seen it in other counties? You know, like at Desi Farrell, everybody's taking the different age groups right the way through. Declan Boner, of course, went mm-hmm. back, took players through. Then he's got, you know, just what I spoke with uh, uh, the, the ladies' manager there, uh, Declan, about the bond. You know, you create a bit of a bond, and then when you come in, then you have you can bring in these fresh faces to go with the players that's already there. Could that be a, a, a path with him if he did well with the 20s? Now, would that then would you think he's more ready then or do you think he has to be involved in a senior team some way first a county senior squad you know I think it's it's definitely a step in the right direction and I, and I do like that evolution where you, you the team grows with you and you grow with the team as long as everybody's growing you know you can have a situation where you can have a manager that just doesn't suit the team that doesn't seem to be the case here and you know it would be a nightmare if he moved into the under 20 ranks with him if he wasn't the right fit but there seems to be a genuine you know, bond there between the players and management. So him going through the under twenty category would make sense, and then down the line taking the next step. But I do think we have to we have to encourage homegrown managers. We have to encourage young managers. There's like there's not a lot of young managers floating around. It tends to be you know you're retired for a period of time. So you know, off that new generation of manager comes through, he's he's the guy that's putting his hand up and, and seems to be ticking all the right boxes right now. Yeah, yeah, certainly is a future. For him, I would imagine. Um, I'm just uh, got a text in there from Martin Doherty. He says, uh, "Golden Point, great idea. Uh, would you take a penalty, John?" Absolutely. No problem. No problem. <laughs> There's no soccer players ever come out of Glenties. Martin Doherty <laughs> just texted in one of the greatest <laughs> soccer players that Do ever. Do you think that was him? <laughs> absolutely. The only reason what, he texted in was so the people fun. could tell me everybody how good at soccer he was. Of course, you see, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about him playing KG and different teams. Exactly. And, yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah, until Fantown Harps uh, came along, there wasn't actually a soccer team kind of. Oh, there was. There was. There was the great Ardrad team. Yeah, what the Galacticos back in the day. Was there many Glenties boys in that? Oh yeah, you had Steve McKelvey and Martin Doherty myself. And then you, you played had, in that team? I played in that I team. I didn't know that. Yeah, I played in goals in that team. Those yeah, goals? goals uh, <laughs> they wouldn't let me outfield. Like, imagine the damage. But no, but no, listen, Doc was, was, was an exceptional soccer player as well as an exceptional Gaelic that player. That may have been him, all right? Uh, so like, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of crossover between soccer and Gaelic boys, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Hey, you heard about being in goals, but of course we had the Union's night there. John, uh, we had the, the legends that were, I said I was stuck in the middle of them, you know, you had, uh, obviously Big Malloy was there himself, talking right. about our drama, with, with uh, the Sam was there, Murphy, Kavanaugh, uh, McFadden and, and Big Neil, you came along as well, uh, John, a bit of an interesting night, uh, Castle Tales to Crow Park. Yeah, it, it was, it was... Um like obviously my better half the only time that I could ever get into St. Eunan's College was I actually <laughs> to marry a teacher in St. Eunan's College but um, yeah no it was an interesting night listen we went along to support it um, a good cause and obviously Margaret Hassan put a lot of work into into the project so it was good to support it uh, you know, I, I probably left uh, we bored you no, well, no, not he didn't bore me. To be fair, I just think it was a case of you know it maybe took a the night took a turn away from where maybe I originally thought it was going to be. I thought it would yeah. be a night of cracking stories and yeah. we hear about big needle and yeah, all listen, that kind we, of stuff. We, we were talking about Donegal but too much because it's it's a bit of a subject at the minute. You know, there's a bit of a cloud hanging over the gate. I don't want to be in any way negative. Yeah, I thought it would be 
wee bit more maybe 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 crack at it maybe uh, I, I, listen we had a bit I, of fun I, there was a lot of good feeling there John see when I walked into the hotel first you know um, Terry of course always is a place well kitted out and uh, there was a great vibe off everybody there and I think you'll see that you know people do people you kind of half know where people you went to school with it's always great to catch up and uh, I said that to Margaret I said you kind of captured something here now whether you know, it's sporting or whatever way, you know, there's probably a, a room for a night like that in yeah. the year, you know, that yeah. unions, ex-unions, people and different people, family would come together. Yeah, I just think, listen, the whole Donegal thing and where we're at, nearly been flogged to death. It's like, it is it is what it is and, and everybody wants the best for it and I get that and I know there was questions to be asked, etc. But, you know, I, it was just a, a, you know, for the night it was in, it was for the college, there was like some really good guests there in the sense that it was, you know, there was, it was a big cast as such, like, you know, Murphy and, and Rory and Big Neil and Colm and yourself. Like, you know, I would have much preferred to find out, you know, what Colm and Neil and the boys had got up to at school and now that they're grown adults, what they're ashamed of and not ashamed <laughs> of. But we listen, we didn't go there. It was what it was. It was, it was a great event for a great cause. It was very well run. As you said, the, the hotel was great. And, that they, you know, so next time round, you know, it's even more interesting again. Yeah, there could be a few stories in there yet. But listen, I suppose we have to keep the crowd coming back. That's a show business. John, thanks so much for coming up this evening as ever. Great to get your views. I want to thank everybody that contributed to the show this evening. And of course, I want to thank Kevin Fury, first and foremost, for keeping me right as ever. I'll get these knobs sorted yet. Uh, Kevin, you hang on with me for a while just yet till we get it together. Of course, the excellent Monday night sessions is coming up now shortly. They'll get the toes uh, tapping and I will speak to you all next week. The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Letterkenny, serving food you'll love till 9pm daily in Sarah's Kitchen. And there's free admission entertainment every weekend.